Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're here for the next hour to unpack sports, faith, and life. Man, I'm happy to be here. It is March Madness time. The brackets are out. I love this time of year. Right before my allergies kick in, the springtime, we get some nice sunny weather and games all week long, all weekend long. And so today on the show, we will celebrate March Madness beginning and and so much to to discuss. Uh, Thanks so much for listening here on the, the, the podcast, if, if you're listening live on YouTube or Facebook, uh, so glad to have you here and, and a part of the Unpacking It community of sports fans. And, and so be sure to subscribe uh, on YouTube uh, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Uh, tonight is trivia night here at Unpacking It. It's virtual trivia night. So if you haven't registered for that you can go to unpackingit.com slash trivia tonight's theme all about march madness so we're gonna have a blast tonight from 8 to 9 15 eastern and and be sure to uh to register it's free to play uh but we do appreciate the donations and and so again that's unpackingit.com slash trivia and then also uh we've got our bracket challenge taking place right now and so you can go to unpackingit.com slash march and, and maybe we'll put the uh the link in the comments as well uh but would love for you to be a part of our bracket challenge so for every ten dollar donation you can put in your bracket and compete against me and the other guys here at unpacking it and speaking of the other guys so a couple uh, updates here on the show so first off luke heaton got married yesterday so he's uh, he's our social media director and, and a key part of the Unpacking It podcast. And, and so he is on his way to his honeymoon. I did get a text last night, and the wedding turned out great. Uh, and he, he sounded all excited. So uh, very happy for Luke. And then also, Corey Miller. He has now decided to, uh, to shift his focus toward Giants for Christ. Uh, which is a ministry for athletes and coaches, and so we're uh, we're thrilled for him, and and he'll uh, he'll contribute at times to this unpacking it podcast, uh, but you won't see him here every week. Uh, but we're so thankful for uh, for his contributions to unpacking it over these last few months, and uh, it, it was fun to have him a part of things. And and again, we wish him the best. Today, I am joined by Henry Bienamin. So you probably see him down in the corner. You're like, wait, 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 who is that guy? What's he, what's he doing on the show? So Henry is with us today. He is our producer coming to us from Connecticut at iHeart Radio Studios up in Connecticut. So, uh, so Henry, thanks for being with us today, and thanks for helping out and pinch hitting while uh, Luke is on his honeymoon. Henry, how you doing, man? 
I'm good, Bryce. Thanks for letting me uh, hang out with you today. First and foremost, uh, Luke, congratulations to you and your new bride. If you're watching or if you're watching this on the replay, hope you're, hopefully you're not watching this anytime hopefully soon. Hopefully he's not watching. <laughs> but I'm very thankful. I'm very priv- uh, privileged to, to be with you, Bryce. And I'm just as excited as March Madness as you are, and I'm excited to hear what your thoughts are. Absolutely, man. We're, we're fired up. So uh, before we jump in, let me ask you this. Do you need to get your own health insurance? Well, go to healthmarketgenius.com. Know your options. Healthmarketgenius.com. Support them as they support us. So each week, we always start off with I'm convinced. And so we will uh, we will start there. We'll actually hear from, from Henry as well. And we want you to, to jump in and, and Offer your uh, your take as well here on this Monday. What are you convinced of today in the world of sports? And eh, we'll probably, you know, maybe focus on on March Madness a little bit. But but here I got two for you today. So I'll start with with March Madness. I'm convinced it is absolutely unbelievable and incredible to see my App State Mountaineers on this year's bracket. So they surprised everybody. Won the Sun Belt conference tournament and now they get to play in the the first four games uh which is uh i don't know I, i'm a little torn about the, the the fact that that is a part of the tournament however this year i'm all in i can't wait thursday night let's go uh cheering on my mountaineers and i'm wearing my app state yellow today uh i used to wear this when i broadcast uh, the 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 games when i was up at app state as a student so um, so it was a ton of fun uh, doing the, the play-by-play for, for the basketball team and the football team. And at the time, the basketball team was actually pretty good, but, but never really sniffed winning, the, 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 at the time, the SoCon tournament because uh, Davidson was always in there. So, so Steph Curry, those were the years that I was in college. And so Davidson, I think they won it every year. Maybe one time they didn't, but, uh, but they always uh, did that. So anyway, so I'm, I'm fired up. I'm convinced that, that App State uh, will be competitive. But, but I'm not sure I'm going to guarantee any wins because here's the deal. Why didn't the committee put App State up against Michigan? Michigan was a one seed. They're going to be playing you know, the winner of the, the play-in game. What, why would the committee not do this? We wanted to see it, the connection between App State and Michigan. Let's keep it going. Why? why? Committee, why? Now, listen, I, I'm, not, I'm not convinced that, that App would have beat Michigan on the, the basketball court this year, but it was possible. Could have happened but at least create a little intrigue, make Michigan fans kind of nervous all this week because they would have been thinking, oh, great, we got to take on the Mountaineers. But but for the committee to remove that storyline, a little weak. Come on, committee, you're better than that because normally they like those storylines. Um, so anyway, they, they decided to, to go away from that this year, but uh, that's, that's unfortunate. Um, here's what I'm, I'm also convinced of going outside of basketball for a moment. I'm convinced that daylight savings time is the worst and it's the worst when you're the the father of uh, of a baby an 18 month old 19 month old now uh and and so today it was actually a blessing because she slept in uh and so you know she didn't get up to like 8 30 which was which was nice and i was able to get, get some stuff done this morning but normally that's my time you know hanging out with little maddie in, in the morning and so, you know, she kind of got up at her normal time, which is normally 7.30. But the, the, the craziness and the confusion of the time and, and my wife, Jody and I trying to figure out, okay, so, so when is she going to sleep and nap and, and, and eat? And now she's all thrown off. And it just, it takes, granted, it only takes a few days to kind of recalibrate a little bit. But in the meantime, it just throws everything off. 
And when you're when you're in survival mode and uh, you're trying you're trying to keep your your daughter on schedule, what is the deal with uh, the 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 spring forward and it messes you up and then you you lose an hour. And uh, Jody and I actually we we had a nice nice weekend uh, because Jody's parents watched Maddie uh, on Saturday night. But then we lose an hour. We lost an hour. We get this one big night uh, alone, and then we 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 get we lose an hour because of uh, daylight savings time. Doesn't seem right. So that's what I'm convinced of. Uh, we got to figure out an answer, a solution to uh, to just keep in the same time all year long. Is that fair, Henry? What do you think, and what are you convinced of today? Now, as as a father myself, I have older children. My three older children. My son, who's in the army, he's in his mid twenties. My daughter is uh, turning twenty one in June. And my youngest son, who's going to turn 13. So I can definitely relate when I had to have those schedules. And each of them were so different. One of them slept through the night. One of them didn't. And the last one didn't know what he or she wanted to do. So I can definitely relate to the daylight savings. And when and just when you think you've gotten used to it, all of a sudden, now you get that hour taken away from you. <laughs> now your body has to get readjusted. You got to get now you got to make sure that you're not late for work or if you're not late for that date or anything like that. So it's definitely tiring. And, and once the once the seasons change, that's when our body has to readjust. But that's right. What I'm what I'm convinced about is a couple of things. Uh, keeping it here, uh, in, keeping it here in Connecticut. Connecticut actually has three teams in the tournament. On the women's side, of course, we have the UConn women's team, who will most likely be the number one overall seed when the selection when the selection show comes out tonight. And the other two teams are, of course, the UConn men's team, who got into the as an at large as a seventh seed, as well as the University of Hartford who got in by winning the America East turn the conference for the first time and their, their uh, victory, their reward for that victory is of course, they get number one seeded Baylor, which leads me, which leads me to say, I'm convinced that uh, the Hartford Hawks are going to lose by no less than 20. That's tough. That's a tough way to start. (laughs) No less than 20 points because Baylor is really nipping at the heels of uh of gonzaga and as much as i'd love to be uh an i an idealist and say harford could pull off the upset they're really not pulling off the upset they're just glad to be there they're just glad to be in the indiana so hartford hawks take all the time you need go enjoy the experience of indianapolis and then and then uh hit the bricks as uh baylor gets on you and uh takes you out in the first round Oh man. So no, no, uh, hope and, and faith in the, in the Hartford team. So, uh, there you go. So that's cool though. A couple teams from, uh, from Connecticut though. That's always a big deal for sure. Uh, cause we always think about that here in North Carolina, you know, how many teams get in and this year, of course, Duke not in the field. So we'll have to get into that a little bit today. That's one of the unique storylines and, and, and just looking at the bracket and some of the, you know, the top teams that are in the mix, it's 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 just a different year to think that Gonzaga is the number one team, a former Cinderella team, is going in as the clear cut favorite. That's wild. And then to think, you know, like Illinois. Remember years ago with Darren Williams, uh, they had a good team and it went up against UNC. Uh, now they're back in the mix. And then to have Michigan as one of the top teams with their former player from the Fab Five as the head coach. What a fascinating story. And then for Georgetown to get into the tournament after winning the Big East tournament, Georgetown's meant to be in March Madness. I love when they're, they're a part of things. And their leader is Patrick Ewing. 
And, and so what a legend he is. And, and so to see them in the mix, it, it's great. And so here, here are some of the, the things that we want to get into today and would love for you uh, as you're listening to, to chime in and, and let us know your thoughts. Uh, what is your favorite Cinderella team from the past? What, what is your favorite buzzer beater from the past? We would love to know some feedback on that, and I'll share mine uh, in just a, a little bit. And, and then also, uh, I'll talk about how sometimes the boring pick is the right pick when, when filling out your, your brackets. And, and then also, I'll start this before we jump into uh, to unpack this. I am so excited about March Madness. I, I absolutely love the, the, the whole buildup, filling out brackets to then you know, opening day and, and back-to-back games and then you know, weekend after weekend. The schedule change this year is different. Because normally, you know, we're used to that Thursday start uh, kind of at noon. Um, and so now the first four games, we've got like eight games or whatever, uh, eight teams, four games on, on Thursday night. Uh, so that will be unique. And then Friday will be the official start with Saturday also being a big day, which is kind of nice. So normally we're, we're kind of taking two work days to fill in all the games. Now we get that Saturday game. But now we also have that Monday uh, which is the kind of the round two of games, which is very unique this year. So what's that going to be like? So I'm fascinated by the schedule. And then I'll, I'll also say that as excited as I am this year about, the, about March Madness and kind of the uncertainty of it all and wondering, okay, how is COVID going to affect things? Uh, I will say and admit that the college basketball regular season wasn't very intriguing to me. And, and it's amazing that my, my, the, the, the level of excitement that I now have compared to the regular season is unlike any other sport because in the NFL, in many ways, I love the regular season as much, if not maybe more than the playoffs because I'm playing fantasy football and, and kind of the red zone channel. It's all these games every Sunday. And, and so I love the regular season in, in the NFL. I like watching all the teams. I love watching my Panthers, but but love watching all the teams. And and even in the, uh, I guess the NBA, probably the playoffs are are better. Um, but college football, oftentimes the, the regular season is better than, you know, kind of the bowl season, especially in recent years. But when it comes to college basketball, the, the regular season, it's it's been kind of watered down in recent years. It just didn't seem like this year had as many stars to uh, to draw us in to kind of watch teams that that weren't our, our favorite uh, school and and then of course for me Duke not be good soured the the season as well and and so it's just that this flip switches though like I don't even care what teams are in or who the players are because what ends up happening every year during the tournament stars become stars like like guys that we never knew were anything like who knew who Steph Curry was years ago before Davidson went on a magical run and and who knew Bryce Drew before the 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 uh, upset that Valpo had and the buzzer beater that that Bryce Drew hit which still is my my favorite buzzer beater and and so that's what makes this so special it's the uncertainty it's not that we're tuning in for the stars in the tournament there are a few, and we'll, we'll talk about some of those guys that, that we kind of got to keep an eye out for because they're expected to be top picks in, in the NBA. But usually, it's guys that come out of the woodwork. It's surprise guys that now all of a sudden we go, ooh, who's this? This guy's got some game. 
And then we wonder, okay, are they going to keep moving on in the tournament? Well, now this guy is, is on the, the, the radar of GMs and scouts in the NBA. And then the other side of me goes, wait, wait, wait. We, we, sometimes we jump the gun and we start thinking about how this player uh, projects onto the next level, but we just need to enjoy him for the, the great college player that he is and the standout that he is right now and for the next few weeks. And so let's soak in and enjoy some of these players from the smaller schools that will emerge and, and some of the, the amazing plays that, that we're about to see in the coming weeks. So again, I'm fired up. Want to know your thoughts. How do you, how do you think about the, the bracket? Any uh, surprises on the bracket? What do you maybe struggling the most uh, to, to decide on, on who to pick? And, and so also make sure you join our, our bracket pool, uh, unpackingit.com slash March. But let's jump into unpack this. And so here at Unpacking It, we uh, love talking faith and life and using sports as an opportunity to parallel uh, the Bible and, and what we experience as uh, followers of Jesus and, and as those that are wondering and questioning and pursuing uh, a faith journey as well. And so we use sports to, uh, to kind of unpack and, and, and look into uh, what the Bible says about key issues in life. And so today, with brackets on our mind, I want to talk about the concept of having a bracket of integrity versus filling out multiple brackets. So the the caveat to this conversation is when you enter our bracket challenge, you can fill out as many brackets as you want because every uh, $10 donation gets you a bracket entry. You support unpacking it and you, you, you increase your chances for, for winning some, some awesome prizes. So we got the gift card to Amazon, some unpacking it gear. Uh, you'll actually, if you win the whole thing, we'll put you on the show. So we'll interview you here on the Unpacking It podcast live. So, so that'll be a ton of fun for whoever wins the, uh, the tournament bracket. But, but here's the deal. So, so Henry, I am a believer that you should only have one bracket that you're allowed to talk about. Now, I understand filling out multiple ones when you're entering pools and contests and all that sort of thing. However, when you're interacting with other people and, and hopefully you're know, watching games and texting people and talking about, you know, we don't have the water coolers anymore, but that mentality of you're catching up with people at work and at church and, and all that sort of thing. And you say, Hey, how's your bracket? The idea that you get to have five different brackets and say, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I picked Loyola. I got that upset. Oh yeah. George Mason all over it. VCU, oh yeah, I got it. Now you may have picked one of those in each of your brackets, but you didn't get them all in in one in one bracket, right? And then you know, oh, who do you think is going to win it all? Well, it depends on who you're talking to. So sometimes you know you go, yeah, I'm going to go Gonzaga on this bracket. So at work, you're all in on Gonzaga, but then the, the bracket with your high school buddies, it's Michigan. Oh, I, I've got Michigan. So w- whenever one of those teams does it, you're you're, you're claiming uh, that that you got it right and and all that sort of thing. So uh, for me, I like to just have one that I'm focused on throughout the tournament. You know, I like to print it out and, and have handwritten uh, in pen, uh, no, no pencil, but, but hand, hand write the bracket and then you know, cross out or highlight throughout the, uh, the tournament. And so that's, that's the way that I like to, to have it. And, and so how does this parallel to, to our own lives? Oftentimes, we are different depending on who we're around. And we may say that we have certain convictions 
just like you know you talk about the the bracket and you're like no I, I really think that that app state is going to pull the upset or you know i really think that that michigan's going down early or or no I'm, i think gonzaga's way overrated well if that's your conviction then that should be your conviction uh, kind of across the board and and so when when we live life and and when we claim to be followers of jesus then our integrity and our character matters. It, it, it matters wherever we are, whoever we're with. It's not just turn it on on Sunday and then we're different at work on Monday. And then when we're hanging out with our, our buddies and, and watching games, we, we let certain things slide and, and we become, uh, you know, almost a different person. And, and so if the convictions are there and it's in our heart and, and we desire to do God's will and to, to pursue after the character of Jesus and to represent him in all areas of our life, we've got to operate with this mentality of having a bracket of integrity that, that Bryce man of integrity, not, yeah, I got my little bracket over here, my little bracket over here. I'm this way over here, that way over there. Consistency and integrity and, and being a, a true you know, person of character, whether people are around you know, how many of us let stuff slide when it's just, oh, nobody can see that. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on, I'm on my own. Nobody, nobody knows what I'm saying or thinking or, or doing. Um, and so that comes down to integrity. Are we living with integrity? So that's the, that's the encouragement. That's the challenge for us today. And let me read this simple verse for us today in Proverbs. Proverbs 10.9, it says, People with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. And, and the reality is eventually the, you know, the multi, multi uh, uh, convictions or whatever, they, they get revealed. That if, that if you say you're, you're one way and you act a different way, eventually that, that is revealed. And, and eventually people figure out your bracket. They go, wait a second, you didn't have that great bracket. You're, you're, you're mixing together five different brackets and, and it makes it seem like you have the perfect bracket. No, what is your bracket of integrity and, and, who, we are, and who are we consistently? all the time. Now, of course, our, our, you know, uh, personality might change a little bit. Like when you're hanging out with your, your mom versus your wife or your daughter or your friends, yeah, you're going to have some slight, you know, interests or what you talk about. But as far as who you are at the core and what you represent and your identity being in Christ and, and, and seeking integrity and character, that's across the board, no matter where we are and who we're, who we're with. Now it's, it's hard. It is. And thankfully we have God's grace. And so we rest in his grace and, and we're, we're not going to be perfect in that, in that way. But I think identifying, okay, where are the areas where maybe I'm lacking integrity and asking God to convict us of those things and that, to ask him to give us the, the, the strength and uh, the acknowledgement of, Hey, these are, these are the areas that we got to make some tweaks and to trust him to change us from the inside out. So Henry, that's, uh, that's what we can unpack today. Uh, do you have anything to, to add to the bracket of integrity? You make, a, you make very good points, Bryce. And uh, another scripture along, along with, the, with the Proverbs scripture that I lean to is James uh, chapter 1, where it says a double-minded person is unstable in all of their ways. And so now when you have your uh, when you have your your brackets, people love to say, I have this bracket and then I have this bracket and then I have this bracket. So that way they can they can seem like they know what they're doing. They seem like they have the up and up and they seem like they have it all together. Just like in our walk, we may Mm -hmm. seem like we all have it together when we're in when we're here, when we're at work. We seem like we all have it together when we're at home. We seem like we all have it together. 
But in reality, what we're doing is dividing our attention. Mm. We're dividing our attention between the world and between Christ. And mm. what we need to do is we need to have one focus, one mind, one spirit, and one connection. And so mm. it means that much more when you have that single relationship with Christ, just as it's more, just as it means that much more when you have that one bracket and you put everything you have into one bracket. And so Amen. if it works, great. If it doesn't work, at least you put everything into it. And the same thing with Christ. If you put all of your time and all of your energy, knowing the fact that God is before you in every step of the way, you really can't go wrong. Amen. Amen. Well, there you go. That's what we're unpacking today. Uh, we'd love to know your thoughts as you're, as you're listening. Uh, how do you feel about the bracket of integrity? Talking about brackets, but, but, but even in your, in your own life. Uh, we'd love to know your thoughts. Uh, you can always email me as well, Bryce at unpackingit.com. And, and so uh, send your comments in. What are your favorite Cinderella teams from over the years? Favorite buzzer beaters over the years? And, and who's your Cinderella that you're counting on this year? Who's going to do it? Who's going to be the special team? And, and so heading into kind of looking at the bracket, I've got to even go back to last year because I was prepared last year to go with Gonzaga to win the whole thing. And so I'm going to stick by that this year. And, and what's kind of a bummer about it is that that's not the fun pick. Gonzaga, everybody's picking, is it Gonzaga, Gonzaga? We'll go with Gonzaga, the Zags, right? I, I still never know how to pronounce it. But after all these years, you'd think we'd, we'd finally get that down. But I, I still don't. Uh, but, but Gonzaga, to me, is the clear favorite. They're undefeated. And I want to see it happen. I want to see them go undefeated the entire way. And it's a lot of pressure. To, we've, we've seen it over the years. There have been multiple teams that have gone into the tournament undefeated, and they fall sometimes early, and sometimes they make it to the Final Four, even the championship game, before going down. But let's see if they can do it. In a crazy year like this, let's see them do it. I think they've been building toward this. They're a consistent team year after year. We always downplay, oh, they, they don't play a tough enough schedule. They've got good players. They got two guys that, that are expected to you know, go early in the NBA draft. And, and so I think they've got what it takes. I, I really do. And, and I will say this. I think if it's going to be a favorite, one of the top teams, it's going to be Gonzaga. The secondary kind of prediction that I have is that it's going to be somebody so random, somebody, some, uh, some team that nobody's expecting, they're going to be the team to win it all. I don't think it's going to be like another number one team. If it's a, if it's a number one team, it's going to be Gonzaga. Otherwise, it's going to be, a, I don't know, a 10 seed or some, some crazy team that, that people downplayed. Uh, maybe a team that lost in their conference tournament that everybody kind of rode off, but they're still a really good team, and then they're going to make a run. So uh, that's what I'll go with. And you know another team that I kind of like this year? Shaka Smart's Texas team. I think they could make a deep run. So I'll keep an eye on uh, Texas this year. And, and speaking of uh, Shaka Smart, what's interesting is when you see the bracket and you start to recognize some of the, the previous Cinderella teams, you know, like Loyola, they're back in the mix. Now we remember the, the special season that they had a couple years ago and they kind of, they were everybody, they were America's team. Well, they're not surprising anybody this time around. So, it's one of those things where now they've got some experience. And so are they the type of team that can turn the corner and be like, remember Butler a couple years ago where they all of a sudden became a consistent team. 
They surprised some people early on, and then they became a consistent team. And then, you know, Gonzaga was was one of those teams for, for many years where, okay, they're, they're getting into the tournament, maybe a little upset here, a little upset there, but then they were consistent. So is Loyola that type of team where they're building something, they've been able to keep their head coach, um, or are they the classic team where everybody's going to pick Loyola again, thinking, oh, I'm not going to pick against them because they, they, you know, hurt me a few years ago, or are they going to actually let you down? So when I think of Shaka Smart, VCU, they were another one of those teams when he was coaching there that became that, that regular team that could pull the upset. They, they became a legit you know, year-in, year-out competitive team in the tournament, uh, which was impressive. And, and so uh, who is that team this year, or is it more of the, the idea that, oh, yeah, you go with Loyola just because they did a couple years ago. Eh, they're not going to do it again. They're not going to do it again. Uh, Henry, what is your favorite Cinderella team from previous years? And, and maybe and or your favorite buzzer beater from over the years? I think the my favorite team um, that I can that I can remember. I don't know if it was a buzzer, but well, first let me say this: my favorite team, probably of my favorite Cinderella team, has to be Butler. And Butler mm-hmm. weren't even picked. As a matter of fact, one of the one of the championship games ended with them on a half court heave, and it literally rimmed out. And wow. I was like, he's actually going to hit this thing. Oh, and it, and it rimmed out. I was like, oh my God, what if that went in? I know. And so, and so I, and just the fact, and not only did they make it, they made it back to back years. If I remember correctly, they made it back to back years. And so we think of Butler and we think of them as this Cinderella when in actuality, they really are a good, a good program. And so, and my other team keeping it here in Connecticut, I don't, it's not a buzzer beater per se, but my favorite moment is the is the Kemba Walker year where Kemba mm. literally carried UConn right to the finals, and so he literally did everything that he possibly could, and UConn just kind of jumped on his back. The six foot dynamo jumped on his back and took him right to the final four. And so, as a as a Connecticut fan, that's what I'll remember. And one other thing, if I had to pick a Cinderella, and from my hometown because I'm a hometown kid. Um, it would probably be Georgetown because um, Patrick Ewing, Coach Patrick Ewing, is the first person in NCAA history to win the Big East both as a player and a coach for the same team. So if I That's had to cool. pick one team to root for, it'd be Georgetown. Yeah, they're they're a likable team, and, and I think with, with Patrick Ewing, he was actually here in Charlotte coaching the the Bobcats for for a number of years, and yep. and really he earned a head coaching opportunity, meaning he'd been an assistant. He was working hard and, 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 you know, the idea that sometimes NBA guys, they, they leverage their name and they jump right into a head coaching job, whether in the NBA or, or in college basketball, uh, Derek Fisher comes to mind. Jason Kidd mm-hmm. comes to mind. Steve Nash comes to mind, but guys like Patrick Ewing who have earned that at least from a longevity standpoint and then to go back to his alma mater and do well uh really cool same with juan howard he was down in miami coaching lebron and d wade and those guys and 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 really earned that opportunity at michigan and so it's great to see him have success there even though we got to keep him from uh fighting with the coaches but other than that he's uh (laughs) he's doing really well um and and so my my favorite uh buzzer beater is bryce drew and and so my mom actually went to Valpo, and so I had a connection to Valpo anyway. And, then, of course, we share the, the same first name. Um, and then 
years ago, I actually interviewed Bryce Drew uh, when I was up at App State. And so him being kind enough to join me as a student uh, doing a, a radio show in college, that was really cool. And I've had him on unpacking it since. Um, and so that, that's my guy. So now he's over at Grand Canyon. So that's the team I'm hoping will be the Cinderella this year. I'm pulling hard for him. Uh, and this is his first year because remember he went, he was at Valpo. He was a head coach there. So another cool story for him to go back to Valpo. He was doing a nice job there. Then he got that job at Vanderbilt. It didn't work out. I don't know the full story there. Uh, they ended up going with Jerry Stackhouse, uh, who, who's there now. Um, and so that was kind of a bummer to see him not really work out there. But now to get Grand Canyon into the tournament, that's a big deal. That's a really big deal. Um, and so that's my favorite uh, uh, buzzer beater. I mean, that, that's such a great play because the other guy caught it and then passed to him and he hit the three for the win. And, and that still hangs on. Of course, the Christian Leitner. I got Christian Leitner hanging, uh, hanging on the, in the rafters here uh, in the studio. Um, that was a great, of course, uh, you know, against Kentucky uh, Grand Hills throw on that one was, was the key to that. Uh, and then as far as great Cinderella runs uh, again, I got Steph Curry on the wall, but that Davidson run was so thrilling. I mean, game after game, the, the, the numbers that Steph Curry was putting up and the way that he captured fans during that, that run and to think who he became in the NBA, too, where it all began at this little school, Davidson, and to think that his dad you know, played in the NBA, yet Steph Curry was overlooked, and Virginia Tech didn't even want him, and then he goes to Davidson and, and puts them on the map, and gosh, I wanted to see them go even, even further, but uh, that was the, the, the best run. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the, the upsets over the years, some of the big Cinderella teams, they've knocked out Duke. <laughs> so I haven't been as excited about some of those, uh, you know, Lehigh and, and VCU teams, Mercer and, and you name it. They've uh, Duke has lost to them. So that's part of the deal being a Duke fan. You get the championships, but then you get some of those early upsets uh, as well. But, uh, but keep your, uh, your comments coming in. Uh, who are your favorite upset teams over the years? Uh, kind of Cinderella teams. I uh, would love to know your thoughts. Uh, it looks like Aaron, he likes Liberty making a run this year. Liberty's building the program. They're, uh, they're, they're showing up on another bracket uh, again this year. So we'll see what they can do. Um, all right. So the other question today, you know, what is your favorite round? Going into the tournament, what is your favorite round? Is it all about the Final Four? Is it all about the Elite Eight? Uh, for me, I love the first round, and I love the Elite Eight. To me, sometimes a Sweet 16, it gets the, the Cinderella team that, like, They've got hot for a weekend, but they aren't good enough to get to another weekend. And so then a lot of blowouts in the Sweet 16. I get nervous about the blowouts in the Sweet 16. And then when you get to the Elite Eight, those are just great teams. Those are tight matchups. Everybody's fighting for the Final Four. To me, that's always my, my favorite round. And then I love the first, you know, the, the first day especially because it's just the craziness and what's going to happen and back-to-back uh, -back games. I'll get three TVs going. Um, which is tough because so I have three TVs, but there's going to be four networks carrying the games. So I, I'm going to have to work the clicker a little bit. Usually there's the one 16 game you know, normally. Now we got to, we got to have a little bit of a heads up with that because app's going to be a 16 seed this year, but normally that one gets over pretty quick. You know, the top seed jumps out to a 20 to five lead and that game ends quickly. But 
Uh, but I'll be I'll be bouncing around between those three TVs. So I can't I can't wait to watch the first round. But but Henry, for you, what what's your favorite round of the tournament? I think my favorite round is uh is the first four exactly because they're just excited just to be there. The first four, the first four, the first four. Wow, those are, the, those are the teams that are just excited to be there. You get to see the excitement on their faces. You get to see them looking around and in awe and wonder. They're like, you know what? We actually made it here. They don't care about the fact that they that some might say they're in. They're not really in the tournament, but they're there. And they get the night all to themselves. Like, for example, I'm going to um, pick your Appalachian State Mountaineers. They're going to be on True TV at 840. So In for that time. Jokers. <laughs> exactly. But for that time, for that particular moment, the eyes of the, of the college basketball world are on these guys and these guys only. Nobody's worried about the Gonzagas, the Baylors. The, where the Virginia is going to get in. It's on these guys right here. They get a night sort of all to themselves. And just to see the excitement on their faces to say, all eyes are on us. And then in the first four, you might find that one guy that will just run through the tournament. Because once you get in there, as you well know, once you get in there, anything's possible. Absolutely. You better believe it. That's what. That's why we love it. And, and so I can't believe, normally I blow off the, the first four. So I, of course, with that being in it, I'll, I'll keep an eye on it. And the fact that, that UCLA uh, in Michigan state, I mean, they're, they're in the mix for that, that first four. That's very interesting. Uh, two teams that have had, you know, great March madness success over the years. And, the fact that UCLA has been so bad. So when I was growing up, like early on, like falling in love with college basketball, uh, and, and I used to record on VHS because I'd have to go to bed, and so I'd have to watch it the next day. Um, <laughs> so I still have those tapes, actually. These were UCLA teams. Uh, the the O'Bannon brothers, Tyus Edney, Cameron Dollar, uh, Bailey, I can't think of his first name, Toby Bailey. Uh, man, those are great UCLA teams. And, and the fact that, that they're just kind of irrelevant, uh, at least in the last couple of years, it's just every couple of years they're like they they they're relevant and then they fade off. They're relevant and then they fade off. To me, you got to have UCLA in the mix. They're such a storied uh, program. John Wooden, of course. So they're in the first four. So I guess App State's got good company being a part of that, that first four. So I'll, I'll give it to them. Um, all right. So if you're listening, what is your your favorite? Um, round of of the tournament and uh it, it looks like uh henry henry's our uh fill-in producer today henry the current topic deshaun watson to the panthers you want me to talk deshaun to the panthers what are we what are we doing here deshaun to the panthers wow you've got the graphic you've got the graphic on the screen what deshaun are we doing to- here Oh my Henry's, God. Oh. Henry's filling in, and now we're talking to Sean Watson to the Panthers. Listen, <laughs> I'm fine talking about it. I, we we can go back there. I still I'm still holding out hope. I'm seeing some of the headlines. We're still seeing a little uh you know rumblings that that Deshaun is intrigued by the, the Panthers option. But Henry, we're talking March Madness. We're talking brackets today. <laughs> we'll get to some, now we're talking athletes on, on on politics. We're not talking politics today, we're talking March Madness. Well, you know, we got to cover we got to cover all of our bases, Bryce. You know, we we got we have to be about sports, faith and life. You know, there you go. You're you're throwing in all sorts of different topics here. So I I don't know what what's going on on the back end here. But but I appreciate Henry's filling in for those of you tuning in. uh, Henry's filling in. Luke's on his uh, honeymoon. 
And, uh, and so Henry uh, is kind enough to fill in, and I'm giving him a hard time. I'm giving him a hard time for, uh, for messing up the graphics. But, but anyway, we're, we're talking March Madness today, and here's another interesting topic uh, that, that I find very intriguing. Rick Patino is coaching college basketball again. The, uh, what do we call him, disgraced coach who's just kind of had a lot of controversy throughout his career. He has taken Iona to the NCAA tournament. Iona TV and a couch. But Iona, I, it's just funny that, that this is where he landed and, and, that, and that he's able to, to get them into the tournament. This is his fifth team that he's taken to the tournament. And I started thinking, I go, how impressive is that? And how sad is that? Because if you're a coach and you've gone from program to program and, and have, have had success everywhere you've gone, it obviously shows that, that you can coach. And it really doesn't even matter who the players are. It's not because it's not like he's recruiting big time guys at Iona. He's maximizing the players that were there. And it's not like he's had time to even build a program. He's only, this is first or second year. Um, and so last year is such a blur, but what is it? His first or second year, but he, he's taken them so quickly to the tournament. And, and so I think it's, I think it's sad for him that he'll go down as, as one of the great coaches and we'll mention him in the mix, but because he wasn't at one program for long enough to, you know, he had a great run at Kentucky, but, and then he was okay at Louisville. Uh, no, I mean, he won a championship at Louisville. But but it just doesn't carry the same weight when you think about Jim Beheim, Coach K, Dean Smith, uh, John Wooden. You know these guys that that built programs and and were there for almost their entire careers. Uh, you know, Coach K started at Army, but that that wasn't really a, a spot that you you have a long career at. And so that's why I love Mark Few. I love that Mark Few has stayed at Gonzaga. That that he's turned down all these opportunities over the years to, to remain at Gonzaga. And, and he could have gone, he could have left, he could have bounced around and, and taken the, the next job. Uh, but, but he found a spot and has built them into a powerhouse and now has a chance to win a national championship at you know, a smaller school uh, like Gonzaga. I, I love that. And so as, as much as I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give a little credit to, to Rick Pitino for, for getting his team in, uh, in five different teams, but man, it's kind of sad. I, I think it's, I think it's a little sad. So, so where do you come out on that? Uh, if you're listening, is it more on the impressive side when a, when a coach, even Tubby Smith, Tubby Smith's done it. I think five different teams, uh, Lon Kruger's another guy. Um, but th- to me, those guys aren't legends. They, they've at sometimes they failed at different spots. Um, Lon Kruger, I think went to the NBA at one point. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I, to me, I always go back to the guys that stuck it out at one school. And then I think from another standpoint, Buzz Williams is one of my favorite coaches in college basketball. And uh, Luke, who actually went to Texas A&M, he's not with us today, but uh, Buzz Williams took the job at Texas A&M. We'll give him time to build that program. But I think Buzz could be a great head coach. And maybe this will finally be his spot. But he was at uh, uh, Marquette. Then he was at Virginia Tech, and he's just kind of bounced around, and I think he misses out because of the movement. I like the longevity. I, I really do. Um, and so that's what I uh, kind of stick to as I'm looking at, at head coaches. And so as we, uh, as we head into the tournament and, and you look at your bracket, do you, how much weight do you put on 
who the head coach is. You know, how important is who's the head coach when you're, you're making your picks? And then when your favorite college basketball team goes out, how do you determine who you root for? Do you go Cinderella's? Do you root for other teams that are in the same conference as your favorite school? Or do you just root for Cinderella's and, and just kind of root for, for upsets? Or, or is it all about your bracket? And you just, you're just rooting to be right. <laughs> so so here, here's, here's where I come out on this. I do not root for other conference teams. Like, so I'm, uh, Duke, I'm not rooting for UNC. I'm not rooting for NC State. I'm not rooting for uh, these other schools. Um, however, like this year, I will root for Florida State because I like Leonard Hamilton. And I think Florida State can make a run this year. Uh, I like Tony Bennett. He's been a guest on Unpacking It. So I, I do root for Virginia, but not because Virginia's in the ACC. So I'm not a conference guy, uh, even though I know some people are. And then I mainly root for coaches because the players change all the time. And, and let's face it, half the time, we don't even know who the big stars are. And, we'll, and like I said earlier, we will learn this year and, and, and the star players will be revealed throughout the tournament. And then maybe you latch onto a guy. You're like, Oh yeah, I really like this guy. Then you start pulling for that team. But, but I, for me, I like to see coaches, coaches that I trust when I'm looking at my bracket, I go, yeah, this guy's a good tournament coach. It may not do it every year, but chances are he's trustworthy and, and he's going to make you know, allow make, make his team uh, competitive in, in position. Um, so who do you root for besides your favorite team? Uh, and so, Henry, I don't even know who your favorite college team is. I, I guess Connecticut. Who do you pull for? And then if they go out, who, who do you go with? Well, my fav- if, you, if I had to go college, my favorite team actually is, uh, is St. John's because that's where okay. Mark Jackson came from out of Queens, New York. But um, for this day and age, for this tournament, it, yes, it's definitely UConn. Um, I've always rooted for UConn, especially back with the Ray Allen days and, like we mentioned, the Kemba Walker days. But if UConn should get eliminated, then the team I'm going to be rooting for, well, again, with New York ties, is Georgetown with my ties with uh, Patrick Ewing. There you go. All right. Well, no, that's fair. So that's, yeah, kind of more the, uh, yeah, who the coach is. So, uh, so that's always uh, a key factor for me. And for a moment, let, let me talk about Duke being out because th- this is a big deal. And, and for Duke and Kentucky to both be out in the same year, first time since like the 70s, uh, I think we missed something because it's like I was saying with UCLA, it, it's nice to have the blue bloods in the mix. And it's fun for the tournament when those teams go down and they get upset and it, it you know, it's just great. Now, if Illinois goes down early, uh, is that really a big upset? I, I don't think so. Like it, it maybe by a seeding standpoint and Illinois has been good this year. And I feel like they're actually positioned. It sounds like to, uh, to make a deep run, but if they get upset, who cares? But when Kentucky or Duke, they go down, Oh, it's a huge deal. Not to mention they're, they're always loaded with, you know, future NBA players. So they're fun to watch. So we, we lose that this year with them being out with that said, I hope this is a wonderful wake up call for both of these teams, because I am on the side that I don't want, teams loading up with a bunch of one and done players if guys are so focused on going to the nba just let them go to the nba i don't think that's smart for those guys because i think ultimately they're not ready and it takes so many years to develop and i think about all the guys from duke that have left early that have no business you know being in the nba or they they weren't ready and they fizzled out and you know maybe by year five or six they become a you know a, a role player 
Um, but they shouldn't have left early. Do you guys remember that Slavic Randolph left early? So, yeah, there you go. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that was one of the craziest things. I, I couldn't believe it. But, but, but I, I want to see Duke and Kentucky change their strategy a little bit. I want them to load up with players that can stick around for, for multiple years and, and build their programs again. Not, not this recycling of players. And I do think it speaks a lot to this year, too, that because it was a tough year mentally for, for teams, the start and stop, you know, having to, to do all the testing, the, the freshmen, they, they weren't ready to handle that. It, it was a big enough deal to go off to college. You know, it's a whole new level of, of uh, talent basketball-wise, but just life is, is hard when you make that step from high school to college, and then you throw in everything that, that happened with, with COVID. The freshman players and, and even the talented players – I don't think they handled it as well as what we're seeing a team like Gonzaga filled with veterans, filled with, you know, older players and, and they were able to handle it and, and they played well. And, and I think too, they're probably, you know, the, the level of maturity does change from freshman year to senior year where you're probably more likely to follow the protocols and, and be able to, to respond accordingly. Um, so that's what it speaks to this year that we're going to see the team's, that end up in the final four this year in particular. We've already seen the trend anyway, but they're going to be upperclassmen, veteran players, veteran coaches. They're the ones that can handle the mental, you know, struggle that that this tournament will be. Um, you know, maybe they take away some of the traveling because everybody's going to be there in Indiana, so that's kind of nice. Uh, but but all the testing and and we're going to see a couple teams probably, you know get the negative test and not be able to play. So how's that going to affect things? It's going to be fascinating to see. Uh, but, but good for, you know, some of these programs that have been recruiting guys to play college basketball, not just like John Calipari recruiting guys to come showcase their talent so they can be a top 10 pick. Why is college basketball about that? Like I understand that. Yeah. Zion coming to Duke. Absolutely elevated his awareness and his stock and people tuned in to see him and they were amazed by what he was able to do uh, at Duke and he's a superstar in the NBA but is that what we want college basketball to be just a showcase no we want college basketball college basketball is such a great sport it's such a great game let, let's let college basketball be college basketball um, and so Duke and Kentucky learn from this learn from this get guys go back to some of those players that you had in, in, in years past Duke Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler, John Shire. Let's get those guys back. Let's bring them back. Shane Battier, four years, baby. J.J. Redick. Those are the Dukies we love. All right. Let me know your thoughts. Leave your comments in uh, the comments section. And you can always email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Henry, anything from the, the chat that I need to be aware of? I've been, I've been going, going strong. Catch me up on, uh, on what some of the listeners are saying. Um, a couple of things that that stood out, and as I as I come up and join you here, a couple of the things that stood out um, what, during during what you were going through here, uh, we have Aaron who talks about I pull for all of the upsets. It's about the little guy, David versus Goliath, and that's partly one of the reasons why we we watch March Madness. We want to see who's going to be that Butler, who's going to be, as a matter of fact that Gonzaga when they were when they were the little engine that could and now that they've grown 
to this major powerhouse. Daniel talks about um, he typically pulls for ACC teams unless it's Duke or State. So must be a Tar Heel fan. He's probably he's probably a Tar Heel. Um, you were talking about coaching. Daniel also chimed in with um, uh, well, you mentioned Tubby Smith. He says Tubby Smith is still coaching up here at High Point. So, gosh, so, to go uh, from Kentucky and winning winning the championship to nothing. No offense to High Point, but not a basketball powerhouse. I, I hate that for Tubby, but he had, he's had a great career. He's bounced around, and, and and again, he's taken a bunch of teams to the the tournament. Mm-hmm. But but he just won't go down as a legend like Mark Few will by staying at Gonzaga, you know. So that's and part of that, you know, Tubby things didn't work out at certain situations as well. Uh, and so you know, sometimes guys leave because they choose to. Uh, <laughs> other times it just doesn't work out. But but man, if you can just find a spot, stick there. Ah, oh, it's the best. I, I I just love that when when coaches do that. But um, they chase you know sometimes they chase the money and different opportunities. Um, but what's crazy about the tournament every year too, is that players become big time draft picks based on how they play in the tournament. Their stock rises through the roof based on how they play. And then coaches two wins in the tournament can get you paid at another school. I mean, how crazy is that? That we see coaches out of nowhere, you know, Florida Gulf coast, and then you're, you're ending up at USC. Uh, it's USC, uh, Southern Cal. You know, th- th- those are those are crazy scenarios, and we see that every year. So, who will that team be this year? Who will that that coach be? And then, what players will come out of nowhere? And now, all of a sudden, they'll become household names for for history uh, of the tournament. But then, also going on and, and getting picked uh, in the draft. So, it's going to be fun to see. So, those are my thoughts on on March Madness today. Uh, appreciate everybody chiming in on on the the brackets. Uh, again, we've got a bracket challenge taking place here at unpacking it. And so go to unpackingit.com slash March and, and would love for you to participate in our, our bracket challenge. And, and so uh, $10 gets you your one bracket earlier. We talked about the bracket of integrity for this, throw in some multiple, multiple brackets and support unpacking it. We're, we're good with that. We're good with that. But then you only get one bracket to talk about and brag about to your friends. That's the, the, the mentality behind the bracket of integrity, stick to your convictions during March Madness and the convictions uh, that you have in life as, as we follow Jesus. Um, and then also tonight is trivia night here at Unpacking It. Test your March Madness trivia. Uh, we're going to have a blast uh, looking back at the history and, and some of the, the record holders, some of the upsets, some of the great coaches. Uh, it's free to play. Go to unpackingit.com slash trivia. And we'd love for you to participate in that. Uh, Kyle here uh, at Unpacking It. He's the one that put together the questions. And I did a little run through. Uh, I did okay. Missed a few. Uh, I actually missed two questions about Duke, which was shocking. Uh, it was almost like I, I overthought it. I don't know why. I don't know why it happened, but I missed them. Um, so, uh, but it, it'll be fun tonight. So I hope to see everybody there and, and we'll, we'll, we'll have a good time. Two quick NFL thoughts uh, before we get out of here. And, Kind of two big, you know, pretty big uh, storylines. First, Drew Brees officially retiring from the New Orleans Saints. As a Panthers fan, I wish you goodbye. See you later. Glad the Panthers don't have to deal with him anymore. Uh, and and I think it was time after the, you know, kind of toward the end of that season, this past season. 
he looked like he didn't have it anymore. I just, I just didn't see it. Just uh, watching him going, it's over. So uh, I'm glad that he made that decision instead of trying to hang on one more year. You know, he's going into the booth uh, apparently with NBC. I'm not totally sold that he's going to be this unbelievable broadcaster from the get go. We'll see. Uh, it's kind of a wait and see approach with him. Like Peyton Manning. Oh my goodness. Absolutely. Throw him in the booth. He's a superstar. He's already a superstar doing the, the ESPN plus show. Um, I'm not so sure on Drew Brees. I, I, I just, I'm, I'll, I'll be curious to hear him. Um, but he could be one of those guys that you think is great and maybe isn't that great. Like Dwayne Wade was filling in for Barkley during uh, inside the NBA and the all-star game. I'm not real big on Dwayne Wade as a, as a broadcaster. Uh, maybe it's just me, but I, you think he's going to be awesome and he's well-spoken and all that, but I, I just, I don't know. I just, he's not my favorite personality on TV. So uh, that's kind of how I feel Drew Brees is going to be. Uh, am I, am I wrong in thinking that Henry? You think, you think Brees will be all right? I'm thinking he's going to be okay. He might not necessarily get it right away at first. Some guys are made to be on television and then some guys are just made, you know, just a, just an interview, just to be, an interview um drew Brees in particular he he's always ready to he's always ready to talk he was always the face of the new orleans saints so he's already uh ready with a word per se so it'll be interesting to see not just how he does on camera but how he plays off all of the other players if he plays off of coach tony dungy it's going to be interesting to see if he does Sunday night football i would love to see him and rodney harrison on the same set and to see what a quarterback is looking at when he's looking at a guy like Rodney Harrison, but only time will tell. So I'm definitely interested in uh, looking forward to seeing that. Absolutely. So uh, as we, uh, as we end things, the other, the other big story, uh, Aaron Jones signing with the green Bay Packers, a little surprised by this Uh, very good running back to pay him 12 million a year. I'm on the side where you don't pay running backs. I want to get rookies, young guys, plug and play, uh, to invest that much in, in, in running backs, ah, I, I, it, it's tough for me. I, I, I just I don't think it's worth it. I just don't. So I, I would have rather Green Bay spent their money on, on adding another, another wide receiver. I think that would have been more beneficial. Uh, I think A.J. Dillon, he's worth giving a shot, putting him out there. Uh, he was a rookie last year for the Packers. So a little bit surprising on that one, uh, but good for Aaron Jones. He, I mean, he's, he's earned it in, in regards to how he's played. I just don't think when you're building a team you build around a running back and I'm thinking with the Panthers paying McCaffrey as much as the Panthers have paid him I just don't know if it's worth it now McCaffrey and Aaron Jones are good out of the backfield so they are weapons you know as as receivers uh but man it's tough you you get you get all that wrapped up in a running back and they don't they don't have long careers they they fade fast rookies can come in and do really well so that that would be the direction that I would normally go um all right, last thought. My, my upset pick on the bracket, I'm going Grand Canyon, Bryce Drew. I'll be pulling hard for my Mountaineers. I, I've got my, my, my App State yellow. I used to wear this in college. It still fits, still looks pretty good. This was my, uh, my App uh, game day. Well, it, at, up in Boone, it's freezing. So I, this was always underneath a sweater or a sweater vest. That was always my, uh, my radio attire. I always dressed up and had a tie for the radio. That was, I always had to dress up, look good for radio. I had a great face for radio and here we are streaming on YouTube and Facebook for everybody to see my goofy face. 
Uh, but back then it was just radio and this was the shirt I wore. So go Mountaineers. And uh, I like Texas making a deep run, but I, I, even though it's a boring pick, I've got Gonzaga winning it all. So I, I will, I will stick with kind of the, uh, the easy pick, but sometimes the easy pick is the right pick. So I, I don't know who the crazy team would be that would surprise everybody and win the whole thing. Um, but I think, I think it could be somebody that makes a, makes a deep run this year, a veteran laden team team that comes out of nowhere and, and surprises some people. So I can't wait to see it. I love March madness. Uh, we got our new, uh, little marquee behind us unpack March madness. They only gave us two A's. So we've got the, uh, the at symbol, uh, representing madness, but we've been working hard on the studio. We'd love to know some of your thoughts on the studio. What, what do people think of the studio? How's it turning out? I'm excited about it. We, uh, we continue to, to tweak it. Uh, some great work behind the, the camera uh, from, from people. So uh, we're, we're thankful for them. Uh, thank you to Henry for filling in for Luke today. Henry, we'll, we'll keep you a, a part of things and, and so thankful uh, for your contributions today. Great work. Even though we, we still couldn't figure out the graphics, we will work on that <laughs> for next time. So no worries. You just wanted me to talk about Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. So you kept throwing that up there. So we're going to go. put it into it. We're going to put it into existence. We're going to put it out in the atmosphere. We're going to put it into existence. My job, Bryce. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. <laughs> Great job. You did an awesome job, Henry. I appreciate it, man. I, I like uh, giving you a hard time. Henry's a good guy and uh, thankful to have him a part of things. Uh, and so we will see you tonight at Trivia. And don't forget to get your bracket in unpackingit.com slash March. We will talk to you next Monday. We will recap the first, yeah, really four days of madness next Monday, 1030 a.m. Uh, be sure to check out the Chris Broussard podcast. It was awesome. Uh, recorded that on Friday. And then Clark Kellogg from CBS, he is scheduled for Thursday, right before the tournament starts. He will be with us on the Unpacking It podcast. And so you won't want to miss that. Uh, hopefully that all comes together. So thanks so much for listening to the Unpacking It podcast live today. Thanks to everybody that listens to this later on the podcast. For Henry, I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day, and we will talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.